0: Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Hallmark Heartbeats, a podcast all about Hallmark movies. I am your host, Camille. Today I will be giving you my thoughts on three things that premiered this week on the Hallmark family of channels, which includes Hallmark movies and mysteries, as well as Hallmark drama. I will be giving my thoughts on Raise a Glass to Love, starring Laura Aziz and Juan Pablo de Pache. Finding Love on Mountain View, starring Daniel C. Ryan and Michael Olivier, as well as the Chesapeake Shores episode, which included the long-awaited wedding between Chess and David. I'm going to try and keep it short, but you know, never guaranteed. Let's start with Raising a Glass to Love. Official synopsis, Aspire Master Sommelier, Jenna returns to her family video to study and is intrigued by the natural methods of the handsome Argentinian winemaker, Marcelo. I am giving this movie 3 out of 5 stars. It is actually pretty good. I had literally no hopes for this movie. I was lowballing it. Um, I had doubts. But it actually turned out to be better than I expected. I really truly feel this movie was a missed opportunity for Hallmark Channel to delve into woman empowerment, female representation, lack of respect for women in the sommelier line-making field. The moment Jenna said there are only 27 female master songs out of 190 in the world and I want to be one of them, I thought, YES! Homework is delving into misogyny and lack of representation. This isn't going to be fluffy! So, imagine my reaction when she says the reason why she wants to become a master song so badly was so she can work under her boyfriend. I mean, I get it. This is a three Michelin star restaurant. It is a very big deal. But seriously, to be one of the few female master psalms in the world just to work under a man. Do better, Hallmark. She does later at the end of the movie, sees the error of her ways, but that was a very disappointing turn of events. Female empowerment had been a thing in Jenna's family for generations. Her grandmother owned a Savern vineyard. She was the only female vintner in the region at the time. I just wish Harmack had delved into that more than making Jenna beg for her boyfriend's approval or flirting with the Argentinian winemaker who believes in organic wise wine while she is in a serious relationship. It was a lot better than I thought it would be. Definitely better than last week's Roadhouse Romance. I am not really a fan of Laura, but she had good chemistry with Juan. I think this is her best Hallmark movie so far. Juan is hot. He can wear as many button-down shirts he likes. I love his accent. I love that they had a real-life master sommelier in the movie. I found that inspiring. I hope that there are more women out there who wants to take on the challenge. It really had me cheering for feminism and women empowerment, even though I noted above that I was very disappointed with the turn of events Hallmark put on that. I am tired of the cheating trope. Seriously, I feel Hallmark has done this trope too many times. Recently, emotionally cheating is still cheating. Roadhouse romance in this movie, back-to-back, had characters with a significant other while they were developing feelings for someone else. I mean, come on. Can't two single people like each other? Not one of them have a boyfriend-slash-girlfriend who only is in a movie. A total of five minutes and is portrayed as a jerk only to enhance the love story between the two main leads. Like, ew. So talking about the cheating trope, let's talk about Finding Love in Mountain View. The official synopsis, after finding out she has been entrusted to take care of her deceased cousin's children, an architect is torn between her career and her cousin's wish. I also give this movie three stars. This movie stars Michael Olivier and Daniel Ryan. I am not going to lie. I have never heard of these people before the movie. My first thoughts about this movie was that it seemed very similar to Sweet Carolina. I mean, the first 10 minutes of the movie was a virtual replica of Sweet Carolina, but unlike the aforementioned film, this one didn't really pull at the heartstrings. I think the starts of this movie were the children, specifically Joel. I feel the actor, Luke Loveless, portrayed all the emotions of grief perfectly. I also was under the impression that Joel was on the spectrum, especially how he was all about being on schedule, not liking to be late, With the headphones, everything. Sammy is played by scholar Elise Philpott. She is the younger of the two children who seem to have taken it upon herself to be her brother's protector, fighting off bullies. I definitely liked her interactions with Margaret the most. One thing that this movie lacked that Sweet Romance had in spades, though, was emotional impact. I cried so many times in Sweet Carolina, from the scene where she finds out her sister died to when she expresses her fears of not being good enough. There were also bouts of laughter mixed in with the movie. Fighting Love in Mountain View lacked that emotional depth. And I know I shouldn't be comparing the two movies, but considering how similar the two storylines. I can't help it. I do have to say, though, that finding love had a far better ending. In my opinion, the kiss in Sweet Carolina was out of place. This was a movie about family grieving. Whether it was about two people falling back in love, again. Whereas the kiss in Finding Love wasn't out of place because, to be honest, this movie wasn't about family grieving. This was more about two exes who started to fall for each other as they helped two children deal with the reality of losing their parents. Oh, and yeah, Margaret had a boyfriend the whole time throughout the movie. So again, cheating trope. I also want to take a minute, so just sit right there while I tell you my thoughts on the Chesapeake Shores. (laughs) Oh, God. Ah, forgive me for my bad rapping. I tried. I am not Will Smith. (laughs) Anyway... The episode was disappointing. I hated it. I wanted to watch the Jess and David wedding. I am a huge fan of the couple. They're the it couple of the series. They've been together from the beginning. They've been through so much. Crazy in-laws, termites, living in different countries. They balance each other out. They loved each other through their differences. Like, why did we get only five minutes of their wedding? I love all of the O'Brien's. I do. But this was supposed to be Jess and David's episode. Could Bree and Abby deal with their love lives next week? I didn't need to see Sarah and Kevin have live their already perfectly married lives. Talking about wanting children. Not today, anyway. The dress the wedding dress was beautiful, I love the lace, very pretty long sleeves, gorgeous back, I only wish there was a veil, her hair was beautiful, Abby looked gorgeous in her made up honor dress as well, Brie looked good in her jumper officiating in the wedding, it was nice. But let's get back to the lack of wedding in the episode, Jess kept having recurring nightmares of something going wrong with her wedding. So when it was actually happening, as a viewer, I wasn't even aware this time is real. No joke, the editing was just bad. There were no vows. I just, this episode was a doubter for me. Chesapeake Shores should have given Jess and David their wedding and should have given their fans what we wanted. So that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. um, In a couple of days, I will be putting out my interview with Adil Zadie. He is a co-star of Roadhouse Romance. He also starred in Wedding March 6th. He was really the only part of that movie that I liked, so I'm excited about that interview. Um, Next week... September 28th, Taking the reins Recap, starring Nikki Deloach and Scott Porter. I will be joined by my friend, Kayla Blackwell, for that podcast. We will be reviewing Taking the Rains Together. And also, I will be talking a little bit about Rise and Shine, Benedict Stone. Recap that week as well. Um, anyway... Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.